Hello, 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 everyone. This is Hannah Cavanagh speaking, and welcome to yet another awesome episode of T43. I'm here with actually, this is the first time we've had two recurring guests together on an episode. So I'm going to mark this occasion by first introducing one of the most enthusiastic people I've ever met in my entire life in the best way possible. Um, Equinox Fiend. Oh my um, Starbucks fiend, uh, pre-med bio major over here, oh, biochem. I would like to welcome back on the show, Eric Dates. How are you doing, Eric? Hello. What, yeah. do, you think, what do you think of your intro? Very accurate. Okay, good. Um, yes, so, uh, currently it's bio hours and I am getting so concerned with biology because I have nothing else to get concerned with, so... Bio bio hours is the equivalent of sad boy hours for STEM people. And now on to the oh, yes. <laughs> so yes, true. we will talk about that. And now we have another recurring guest on our hands. A soccer superstar over here. Fitness guru. Yeah, another pre-med bio major over here. One of the nicest people I know. Please, I would love to give a warm welcome back to Assam Sharafaldin. How you doing, Assam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of your so, intro? Uh, <laughs> all right, so it's not as accurate. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. So I am not on the soccer team right now. No, I remember we talked about it for yeah, sure. Yeah, just because uh, it's conflicting with my schedule. But I do okay. plan on joining the track team. So. Okay. Future track superstar, then. All right. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. All right. So, are you guys ready to try some delicious tea today? Oh, yeah. I'm oolonging to try this bad boy. Oh, the tea that we're going to be trying today is T2's Oolong Fresh. So, I'm going to just read the description. It's very, very short. Spearmint modulated with the nutty, fruity characteristics of Oolong. Nutty. Yum. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just That's... modulated? Yeah, just modulated with the nutty, fruity characteristics of oolong. Yum. Modulated. <laughs> They're always like slightly flirtatious for some reason. Descriptions. Um, yeah, served hot. Enjoy. It says you know it's perfect on its own. So I guess we'll be the judge of that, huh? Let me um. Have you ever had tea that boy. said like, "Don't drink on its own. Drink with another type of tea." Or is oh, like, but there's a lot of times there's some teas that's that are like, oh, best with honey, best with lemon. Oh. So just before we taste it, um, I'm just going to point out to the listeners. So since you can't see everything, for oolong tea specifically, when you brew it, the leaves expand like a crap ton. So I'm just going to show you guys how much it expanded. It expanded tenfold. so much. Yeah, show it to the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how about we describe the look of the tea for the listeners out there? What do you think of the color, the smell? What are you guys picking up right chicken now? Chicken broth. <laughs> it looks like chicken broth. That's just my opinion. Also known as the color of honey. It looks like ginger tea for me. Or like red, yeah. regular black tea. Just not as black. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, this is more, reminding more, more me. More diluted. Yeah. This yeah. reminded me when I was sick and my mom would force me to drink cups of chicken broth. What? What? <laughs> I've, oh, I've never heard of that remedy. I thought it was oh, a Russian okay. thing for so long, oh, and the then all of my Russian friends were like, what the fuck? Okay. It, it, it might. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a lot of green teas that I've tried before. Like the, it, looked like, it looks like the green tea, um, the jasmine green tea from last week, which wasn't as good, so hopefully this will be better. Let's see. 
What do you guys think about this? I'm going to reserve my judgments for after you guys talk about it, because I don't want to inform anything, but what do you guys think? Minty fresh. Okay. Nice. I agree. Okay. Because, <laughs> um, no, I usually, I don't know if I said this in the last podcast, but I usually drink my tea with sugar. Okay. So it's kind of hard to distinguish. But oh, it does, I it does, see. It does taste good. I feel bad. I wish I had sugar now. I would offer you some. No, but it's all right. I not bring any with I, me. I, I don't, I don't have a preference, it's just... Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> There we go. Right, sounds better. I don't, yes, I don't so have a better. preference, but, you know, I'll, I'll try either way. Okay, fair. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I think the smell is overpowering my taste buds to taste the mint. But separate from that, I don't taste anything. That's typical with oolong. <laughs> Not... Mm. I mean, like, if you get toasted oolong and it's slow roasted over like um like 12 hours and like it's super authentic you'll taste some amazing nuttiness mm-hmm. but if you get something like twinings for example which we would never but wow you're really coming at people over here <laughs> i'm not gonna okay i'm not gonna take okay. that long <laughs> do you want this podcast to be shut down <laughs> i'm sorry we're, twining, go- we're going us. for big we're going for big brother <laughs> twinings please sponsor um <laughs> No, Please. but like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to call out a brand. I'm just going to say it li- rhymes with Tipton. Um, <laughs> London Tipton. London Tipton. <laughs> um, what would you guys rate this on a scale from 1 to 10? And if you would add anything to the description of the tea, what would you say? Oh, God, you seem grossed out. Are we good? Yeah, it was just a weird thing. Tipton. Okay. All right. I just got a random acidic punch, and I was like, Either that's me or the tea. I don't know which one. Yeah. Huh. I feel like just my taste buds are more tolerant to like any kind of tea. So okay. It's kind of hard cool. for me to not like it. Fair. Okay. I'd give it a seven just because it sounds like a right number. Okay. <laughs> no real reason behind it. It just sounds like it's right. All for, right. For the time being. But if I were to add a description, I'd say tasteless because there's no sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I need sugar. Your tea is good because I taste it. I don't taste it. That is that is good enough. Um, and you are. Let's go with Hannah first. Okay, I'm gonna. Wow, you're really putting the pressure on me. Huh? I'm gonna give it a six. I'm gonna give it a. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Leave me alone. It sounds right. You're. Why are you laughing? Don't go. come at me like this. Okay, so well, I'm giving it. I'm giving it a six. Well, first of all, I'm very very generous, as you both know. So that's why I'm giving it a six. But also, well, part of it is that I would describe the flavor as really, really, really subtle. Because I, I, I smell it like tenfold. I smell, the, I smell the spearmint tenfold, but I'm not really tasting the oolong. So I would say the taste is super duper subtle. And I like when oolong packs a punch. So that's why I would give it a six out of ten. But overall, it's pretty good. You're going to give it a three, right? It, I was going to give it a two. A two? <laughs> Um, wow. Okay, explain yourself, buddy. So, uh, this is a rare thing that I say, but I'd rather have twinings. Um, you were... <laughs> and who chose this tea again? Wait. I, don't, I can't remember who hey, chose listen, this tea. I don't like... <laughs> hey, listen, this is a joint effort. But, uh, <laughs> but my thing is, like, this is mint <laughs> like i taste like i i don't know if i would taste different if i just brewed mint leaves in water okay um so their nutty taste doesn't happen okay um you know when a tea's like you'll taste peach it doesn't happen <laughs> and then you see like these people they go yeah. i 
taste peach and blackberries. I'm there, I'm like, can I taste mint? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe my taste buds are just not good enough, but like, like is my palate not sophisticated? But I don't know. This yeah. tea seems more of like, this tea would be better. I would probably rate this maybe a four or five during Christmas time. Oh, because, come on. Because it depends on the season. For example, would you have pumpkin spice in like the middle of summer? Yeah, why not? What? Okay, I mean, like, it would still taste good, but you would be like, oh, yes. My pumpkin spice. She slaps. No, I would. It'd be I'd more of like, it'd be nah. more like, yes, pumpkin spice. We uh, do enjoy our nah, cinnamon. I, <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I feel like, you know, the, the the timing of when you drink this tea also matters. Yeah. Right, right now, I feel comfortable drinking it just because, like, I think I'm anemic. So I'm a little, oh, I'm wow. A little, I'm okay. a little cold right now. So. Aww. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I gave it a seven. I would <laughs> offer. <laughs> this feels right drinking it right now. I would offer you like a hoodie, but I feel like it wouldn't fit you at all. It would Not just... alright. <laughs> okay. I can manage. Okay, T two. You know you failed us today, but who knows? I'm sure you'll you'll come back tenfold in the future and impress us all. Well, apparently well, you failed one of us. <laughs> oh, so technically, they... one point five. I admit a six isn't a good. A six is technically a failing score. Well, on average, they technically did fail, but I'll well, we can curve them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Lucky them. All right. So now that we've sipped the tea, you know, we tasted the tea. We didn't really like the tea, but at least we, you know, we tasted it. We're gonna spill. <laughs> we're gonna spill the deets on, you know, what it's like being, you know, majoring in a STEM-related field and seeing that as a future prospect. Because for me personally, well, I'm more into the arts and humanities, so I'm not really well versed in this particular topic. Um, which is why I brought along. Best buzz over here, um, who are both, you know, Sam and Eric, who both happen to be pre-med bio majors on the show. So, I guess the I am biochem. Biochem. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so I guess the first question that I have for you guys is, so, what initially inspired you to go, to kind of go into a STEM-related field? But did did it come up from young, or was it something you're always into, or did it develop over time for both of you? You want to start? No, that's how you go. Okay. So, it, I mean, for me, it was, okay, I remember going to a summer camp in, like, I don't know, there was a summer camp in Kingsborough Community College, and um, it was partnered with my high school, actually, I went to. I didn't know that until, like, we were eating lo mein in my high school, like, as kids, and eventually I was like, oh, my God, I I remember this place at, well, when I got accepted to the high school, but that's another story. Um so besides that, uh, that's when I got to experience like real science. That's when we actually did like experiments like Mentos and like, you know, like it was so cool because we were on a campus so we could literally just rig an entire like, um, like amount of Mentos. Oh, you're talking about Mentos with the Coke bottle? Yeah, and, and every every single child would add it and it would explode and they told us we can like run in the Mentos and like like the Coke as it's going everywhere and then our parents got very upset. But, um, so I did that for a few years then I bought a few kits like, you know, cook the egg in a black box oh, outside. Oh, that's cute. Okay. And then eventually what really sent me was in sophomore year, um, I pretty much took chemistry with a professor professor well she needs to be a professor <laughs> but with a teacher known as miss el justimi i don't know if she will ever listen to this but if she does i love you oh that's um, cute she honestly inspired me to go into chemistry because of it's it, she literally it was so amazing what she was teaching me and i loved it so much and then i took ap chemistry and holy shit it was so good 
And same thing for like my calculus teacher. It was yes, amazing. Yes, and my yes. earth science teacher, I don't know, earth science, everyone disliked her and I like pretty much fell in love with her. I was like, Jesus Christ, I love how hard she is on people. And so she was so good. And nice. I don't know, a lot of these teachers, like if they just show they love the subject, I kind of become happy with the subject. And eventually over time, I was like, oh shit, I kind of like these subjects too. Because I went to humanities and they liked humanities, but I'm not a humanities person because when I look down, when I write an essay, I literally was like, I cannot write for shit. I'm sure that's not true. Grammarly really helps me. (laughs) Have you ever received an email from me? It was sent through Grammarly probably three times before it was sent to you. (laughs) Grammarly is like... Yes, yes, you received an Eric, an email from Eric Dates. We'll forward it to him. Don't worry. They are my assistant at this point because every single thing goes through them. But pretty much it's the teachers. I My calc teacher was phenomenal. Sachem, if you're listening, I love you too. Um, but, like, absolutely amazing. However, um, I guess it had to be somewhat also of, like, I don't know, maybe it was, like, the environment where I grew up, I kind of liked science, and science, like, STEM kind of was really being pushed on people when we were growing up, I'm going to get, like, I'm going to say, like, it was really something that they really tried to push on people, and then only recently did they call it STEAM, because they changed it from STEM to STEAM, which a few of my professors... They're trying to be inclusive, guys. A few of my professors really dislike (laughs) the STEAM part. Like, a few of my professors literally hate that. But they don't hate it because they're including arts. They hate it because they're devaluing both STEM and STEAM, well, art, by creating an acronym that encompasses all of them called STEAM. They just say, why don't you just call it education? So, fair deep, point. Deep, That's my deep. story. All right. Yeah, I, I could literally relate to every single thing you just said. Oh. All right, so my earliest memory of pre-med or anything in that field, you know, the sciences... It started off in middle school where I was able, like, I was in a accelerated program where I was able to take two science, high school science courses. So when I got to high school, I was already done with, like, earth science and living environment. So nice. I started off freshman year taking um, chemistry, so regular chemistry. And then after that, I I took AP chemistry my sophomore year. And, yes, God, I love that course. Yes. <laughs> I, I oh, really like I sophomore enjoy- year. Yeah, that's the thing. Ah, oh, that would have been dreams. Yeah, it was so. I I literally loved that course. I didn't like my teacher, so I, I'm not giving no shout out. <laughs> <laughs> she did not like me for no reason. I don't know why wow. she didn't like me. Like she just every time I would recommend like like I remember us doing like nuclear decay, mm-hmm. and you could like use logs. I was I was really good at math at the time too. I was taking trig, I think. And nice. you could use logs to, like, you know, solve. And, but they would give us, like, some random equation with, like, a bunch of different variables, those LN, LN0. Oh, yeah. I was like, can I just solve it this way? Because it works this way, too. I know how it works, but I just don't want to memorize something new. Yeah. Given the, and she would just look at me like I'm, like, stupid. She's like, <laughs> if I didn't teach that, you better not do it. Oh, and, I don't like that. Like, exa- yeah. I was like, I, I mean, try to, like, push us to do better, like, learn. Yeah. Yeah, like, bring the best out of us. Don't just shut us down. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so no shout-out for you. (laughs) But I loved the course so much. I I really enjoyed it. And after that, I took physics and also calc. I also took calc BC, and I loved calc BC. I enjoyed physics a lot. I didn't do good in it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Class was really fun, but I didn't do good in AP Physics 1. That was, like, one of those courses where, like, We'd have to be like somewhat gifted or work really hard yeah. for your mm-hmm. score. 
It wasn't like, you know, the materials laid out for you. You had to actually like, you know, yeah. think outside the box. And then after that, I took biology, AP biology, and uh, yeah, some other humanities course. I took uh, AP language and uh, what else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just list all your AP courses. <laughs> Hannah smiling. But, uh, and I also took AP statistics. <laughs> I actually like AP statistics. I love AP statistics. I did it. Like math and so sciences, fun. I just love them. Like I, <laughs> I enjoyed them so much. That's like, cool. I, and I was able to do good in them because of that. I really liked AP computer science A. It was such a good course. Yeah, I I really wish I took that, but but like, I didn't I take never that got, in high school. I, I never got to. I took AP physics one and two. Uh, it, our school does a conjoined course, so it was yeah. like accelerated. But I did it my senior year, so it was somewhat of like, I don't, I mean, I did regions really well, but then again, it's regions. But um, <laughs> it's like, no shitting on you, regions board, but thank you for making the exams so fucking easy. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they have like 10 practices, yeah. they're all the same. <laughs> like, thank you, college board is like, you will suffer. <laughs> um, but uh, pretty much like, I don't know if, like, I got fours on both exams, which was like, Hey. Really good, okay. but like I, I think I slacked a lot because like I, I, I don't, I didn't like physics too much. I don't yeah. know. It was cool. It was interesting. It yeah. was nice to know about how particles work and everything. But I'm more on the chem side, and same thing with bio. Right now, I'm taking like we're both taking bio. Yeah. But, like I love it. I mean, like, it's really good. However, when we're doing organics, I'm like, yo, this is really cool. Like, yeah. This is really, this is really nice. Like, why does nitrogen love to have lone pairs? <laughs> And like the professor's like, so true. It's like because nitrogen enjoys that. I'm like, K, why? <laughs> yeah. But there's no, there's not usually an answer for everything, and that's the crazy thing about chemists. They're like, they want an answer for everything, but there's like, there's so many theories and so many exceptions to chemistry. But for bio, it's more of like there's an exception. Everyone's like, oh shit, why the fuck is there this exception? And then the answer is sometimes like, we have no clue. Yeah. Because we don't actually know how bio started. Like, we were talking about this in my Macaulay class today. Uh, we were also talked about how you, like, don't really understand, like, if you like a subject until you take, like, an advanced level course in it. Mm -hmm. But we primarily talked about, as well, physics and chem. And it was pretty much, like, physics and chem, no matter what, if there are exceptions, you find out the reasons for exceptions, like electron push or something like that. Yeah. It could be, like, the gravitational, like, field shifted due to interference, whatever. Um, however, in bio, we don't really know everything because we don't know what happened between simple chemicals and, like, single-celled species to sudden humans and, like, evolving everything. Like, what happened there? We don't have that link. So when we have questions, we go, shit. Is that what veered, is that what kind of led you to veer more towards biochem? I liked bio. Okay. In the sense of, like, I want to do drug discovery, so that's why bio is incorporated into it. Yeah. Cool. Yet I'm more of, like, you know when we talked about last semester about enzymes and, like, inhibition and all like that? I was like, holy shit, this is cool. So, like, that's the biochem section because that's a lot of chemistry because technically enzymes are, per se, chemistry, and it takes a lot of chemistry knowledge to understand how they fully work. But it also takes bio to understand how they work and how they connect to, like, cells. So that's what I kind of really, really like. Cool. But I'm more of the chem section because, I don't know, there's just something about chemistry and, like, atoms and all like that. Definite like answers. Ooh, that, like, chemistry. Yeah. But sorry. the thing is, like, we read a whole entire thing called The Importance of Stupidity. I'm sorry. We did so much in our Macaulay class so far, and it's a science class, and it was today. I've, we haven't done anything. Uh, exactly. I, 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 was really, 
for me, we're just learning about nuclear, like, oh. nuclear chemistry. We're like, this is, like, background knowledge that I already learned in high school. Oh. I just taught my professor who Basquiat was. We're learning about the time that you told Jesus. me that. We're learning about the importance of stupidity in research and the fact that when you finally get into full-on research, you will be led into this area where, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then when you go to the higher up level people and you ask them a question yeah. for research, they go, we don't know either because guess yeah. what this is? Research. We're finding an answer. And yeah. that's what I like about chemistry particularly. You find an answer, you go by multiple different paths, and then finally, either you find an answer or you find something that's leading you in the right direction. In bio, it could literally take you like 12 years. And then finally, as you're about to approach it, everything fucks up <laughs> evolution I, yeah, yeah everything just evolves like uh, as soon as you make one pesticide and the next it's thing just, oh my god <laughs> we're done for exactly <laughs> yeah a month later this doesn't work anymore yeah like how like so many so much bacteria is becoming like I'm, antibiotic resistant to the point that we're now including metals in yeah uh antibiotics because many metals Send off a lot of electrons like, and they kill the bacteria. Like, just imagine, like, you're trying to get rid of roaches and so you pull out, <laughs> yeah. you, you pull out the roach, ro the roach poison. The raid. <laughs> yeah, the raid, and as soon as you spray, it just gets stronger. Like, oh, wait, Jesus. what? <laughs> Can you imagine, like, the roach just doubles the exactly. size and they're like, fuck. <laughs> like, wait, this is not supposed to work like that. How did you evolve um, like that? But like, it mutates instead. You're like, I didn't think this was protein powder. I'm like, I'm sorry. The 0.01% of bacteria <laughs> that, that survives. Um... One thing I, I I found it interesting what you brought up, Eric, about how science is is really all about trial and error and is and is kind of further perpetuated by you know not knowing things or not knowing the answers to questions. But do you feel like like our current educational system really kind of supports that? Because I you know for at least whenever I was taught you know any STEM related subject. It was always either right or wrong. It was never, oh, I don't know. They never really allowed for a gray area of I don't know. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on that in terms of how that's taught. Has that swayed you in any way from pursuing it at all? Like, So the first time I was ever told about, like, it's a trial and error thing and, like, you have to keep trying. It's not like, it's, when, we, when I think about trial and error, it's not like you have to keep trying even if you're wrong, you know? I think of it more or less, like, if we're talking about, like, sciences, like, yes, if you get a practice question wrong go ahead and keep trying and eventually you'll learn and like that but the issue with that is it's like there's still a right and wrong okay. per se like you get it right congratulations you know the subject you're good you move on like you know you feel happy about that and you're like i know chemistry or if you get wrong you're like oh no something's wrong i don't know this but in actuality only recently literally yesterday <laughs> macaulay reading that from a macaulay professor it showed me like actually being wrong is good because mm -hmm. like of all the possibilities that you could take for example right in doing this research that you have at least crossed out those are not the answers which is good because there's somewhat of an infinite amount of possibilities and when you go to a doctor's yeah. office right and they're like we need to find a medication for you there's billions of medications they could give you so they're like okay we can go we can literally give you the strongest medication if we want and pretty much kill your liver. But, 
Like, they cross things out, and if the first medication doesn't work, they typically start you on a weaker one, you know? And if it doesn't work, they give you a stronger one, and so on. So there's trial and error in that yeah. regard. But you have and to like, know your stuff in order to actually do yeah. the, reach that point. But the thing is, in school, we're taught, like, you ha- it's yes or no. Like, did you bubble in the Scantron properly? Did you bubble in C? Like, we're yeah. told that. But in reality, it's more of like, you can spend two years on one single research question, and then end up being like, oh my god, it was super simple. I just had to do this. And that journey was good. Like, it, like the journey to there is the point of science. Science isn't the point of getting everything right and wrong. It's the point of discovery. Like, you're supposed to discover in science, no matter if it's bad discoveries or discoveries that were originally wrong or whatever, no matter your path, it's still good. Like, you're still doing everything well. That's one thing that school doesn't teach us. Oh, wait, Osama, I was gonna. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you agree with what Eric said? And do, do you feel like the whole um, binary of right or wrong in terms of STEM, do you feel like that ever dissuaded you from pursuing it at any point or not really? Yeah, it, it did somewhat dissuade me just because, like, you know, STEM, it should be where, you know, you're, out, you're like, you know, make a hypothesis and then go along with the procedure and then coming up with your own conclusion. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be the right conclusion. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I think that's what research is about. I guess that's why they have, like, research outside of your courses yeah. to keep you on the right track because yeah. they know that, you know, because I know, like, in, in bio, like, people will literally get something wrong for saying the same thing, but just not with the right words. Oh, okay. Like, for example, like, you could say, like, uh, an electron jumped the energy level, but you didn't say that it's excited. And the fact that you didn't use the word excited, you would get 10 points off. But it's Oof. literally the same thing. And that just, like, it gets me, like, it gets me annoyed in bio. Like, you have to use specific words, even though you're explaining the exact same concept. Mm-hmm. You just happen to not use that word just because you described it in the same way. Just, yeah. like, you, like, defined it, basically, without using the word. And you just get, I'm just, like, that just gets me, like, annoyed. I'm like, what is the point of this? This is not right. really testing our knowledge. It's more about like testing our knowledge on rubrics that we don't even have access to. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, what is this? And that's what makes me like, I think that's that's my rant on bio. Oh. <laughs> that's what makes me. That's why I like like you know more more application with chem and math because there's a definite answer mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, there are some like rules and exceptions for certain things, you know, formulas or whatever. Yeah. But there's kind of like a you know, a definite answer. It's not short answer responses like bio is, where like your answer is usually dependent on how good you word it or how right. how much you meet their expectations, and it varies on from professor to professor. So it's not like the way we do it here is like the right way or like the universal way. So I, that's one of the reasons why like I believe trial and error should be encouraged. For sure. I guess I understand both sides of it because it's important to kind of introduce the idea of trial and error, but also if you're, I mean, because the whole point of the pre-med program, I mean, you're, it's like they're kind of raising you to go to med school and eventually be doctors, right? Like they're priming you for that route. So do you feel like if, if they're priming you for that route, that trial and error should still be introduced in terms of the learning even with that regard? Because I feel like once you get reached the point where you're a doctor, it seems like the binary plays more of a role in terms of right and wrong right or not really i, I think they do incorporate it a little bit through recitations i think that's that's there mm-hmm. but i, I don't yeah. think it's enough i mean it was good for chem but for bio we're, we're still like you know in a 
overpopulated class and oh. every now and then if, if if you're lucky you might get your question in yeah we are, we're on a weed, wow. weed out class part two. Oh wait so how many people are in your classes are, are in your class right now are in recitation we don't have for, well it varies for bio and chem yeah. but oh right you guys are taking so in chemistry now it's less excuse me it's about i think she said 600 people Holy um, shit. No, not in the class. Well, that's the I mean, lecture class. Yeah, she, in the lecture okay. class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still a lot for the lecture <laughs> but class. Like, in the though. lecture class. So, but the thing is, like, granted, last year in general chemistry, one, we started with about. Hold on. I eight, love eight, 800 and 900. So, last year in general chemistry, one, we started with about 1,000 kids, and it dropped down to something like 700 or something chill uh, kids by the end of the year. Uh, okay. Which includes semester two. Um, and so you could see that they dropped. And something similar with bio. I don't know. Bio is a weird thing because it's split classes. Chem is somewhat split as well. But it's more of like one main professor. And then there's another professor for like Saturday classes. Mm -hmm. But for bio, it's two split classes, two different professors. It's typically like almost equally split. Uh, I think maybe my professor's... Well, our professor is slightly smaller in the class size because of the lecture hall size. Yeah. But um, I just know that in bio as well, we shrunk down a lot. But they're trying to shrink us down even more. So that's when, like, we do class number two begins in organic Oof. chemistry. That's, we're now down to 600, which means something happened in bio. Probably those 700 kids, like, something happened in bio. They dropped bio, meaning, like, they didn't want to continue on with a med program. So it shut down to like, it, it dropped to like 600 kids now in Orgo. I don't have a number for bio because she never released that number. Uh, but at least our Orgo professor, she was like, I don't see 600 clickers here. And I was like, oh, so 600 children are in this class. Okay, cool. Thank you for that information. Wow. But um, yeah. I forgot what the question was, but <laughs> um, it was it was about um, it was about the pre med track in, in the sense that they're kind of priming you to be to be doctors oh, yes. in the future, right? So I was wondering, do you feel like trial and error should still be introduced, despite the fact that you're you're being primed to be doctors, and in a world where you know if you're a doctor, it's pretty much either you're right or you're wrong. So make a good decision or a bad one. So the track is called pre health. For multiple reasons it's not, oh okay yeah it's because it includes veterinary vet veteran fuck <laughs> veterinary there we go veterinary we can use that one uh veterinary track um it includes pre-dental it includes um it's like medical research which is primarily what i'm doing so i okay, won't i so... won't be interacting i will be interacting with patients however i would more like to interact with either clinical trial patients or the fda or cdc something like that cool okay so there's multiple different places that you could go and for doctors for example it is somewhat more binary but understand that even though it is binary for them they still need to know about trying like you see like for example doctors will make mistakes you know they yeah. have to learn yeah. from them but especially when it comes to handwriting <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually a rule about that now i apparently learned that Doctors have to write prescriptions now in complete, um, what was it called? At least in the hospital I, I volunteered for, they had to write it in complete capital letters. Oh, that um, makes sense. Okay. Which slows them down, as well as they need to More do legible. it legible. And soon, 
they're since Epic is a system that everyone's using now, you can do prescriptions, typing them up and send it oh. straight to a pharmacy. Wow. So okay. <laughs> it gets straight sent to them. So the doctors can no longer fuck shit up. Um, <laughs> they literally do this because doctors can't write for shit. <laughs> yeah, my handwriting is really bad. Oh. I'm using iPad Pro. It'll literally, it'll literally be like chicken scratch. It's like three lines and <laughs> it spells out Advil. Yeah. <laughs> like no. what? It's it's like it's like acetaminophen. It's like it starts with this A and it's like <laughs> exactly, and, and then the it gets like smaller in the end. And... Yeah, the pharmacists are like, oh, I think they're asking us for Tylenol. <laughs> it's like ice pack. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, yeah, but uh, I mean, like, it's somewhat of a complicated question because there's so many different tracks that you could go on for this one I see. track. Okay, but I think the at least for Hunter, the pre-health department is doing its best to, to... weed people out. Okay. Well, not just, I mean, like, of course, <laughs> weeding people out is just done because uh, they're not doing it intentionally, in my opinion. I mean, while some people do feel that, I feel like they're doing it because med school isn't going to get easier. It's not going to be easy. And as we all know, AP classes are hard, you know? Yeah. In high school, AP was hard. And you can pers- you can think of that as somewhat of a weed, weed out class for your career. And they're doing this again. It's like, why would you ever want to go to med school if you really can't handle a college class? That's a fair point. You know, so they're really just trying to show like, show you like, it's not like, oh, honey, it's okay. Like you got to like, you didn't do too well in this, like, you know, <laughs> on this like exam, you can do better next time. Of course you can do better next time. But it's like, if you've been failing them multiple different times, it's, they're trying to the best way that they're trying to say is like, you can keep going. Of course, if you're a person that's just a bad test taker and a very good, very good in the subject and really loves it, go ahead, please keep going. But they're trying to show you like, it's not going to get easier. It's just going to get harder. And this is like only halfway there because eventually you're going to take like your step two exams. You're going to have to go to the boards and do all that. So it's like, they're, they're like, yes, this is just the beginning they're not gonna. They're not gonna treat you like a regents exam, which is pretty much what I'm saying. Okay, fair. Oh, um, Assam, I was gonna ask you. So, cause I remember Eric, you're tell you're telling the listeners earlier about your the path that you that you're choosing to take on this pre health track. Um, but I was wondering, like, what do you have any particular path in mind that you want to take in terms of pre health? Like, do you is there a clear vision in this in this STEM related field that you see yourself kind of fitting into? Yes and no. Okay, all good. Like duality, like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, so. Um, Physics. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what it is. Starting your chat. <laughs> no, no certainty. But uh, um, to answer your question, I don't have a clear vision at the moment. Okay, fair. I do have uh, somewhat of an idea. I know that like I like the courses that I'm taking right now. I don't like biology as much just because, as I said before, it's, it's, it's all memorization. I mean, I didn't say that, but... Um, I'm not really fond of like just memorizing things and mm-hmm. it's like writing it down on paper just to forget it. Like I don't have the, I don't, I'm not inclined to like you know mm-hmm. learn it. I'm just, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, I don't, I'm not attracted to it. You know? Do you feel but, like yeah, you're more of time. a tactile learner in the sense that you learn best from like doing labs and actually full on? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know just d- doing the work on my own. You know actually doing something, not just uh, writing down you know, memorized information, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I do think, uh, I think you can narrow down what career path you want in med school, 
because oh, I, okay. I still have a long way to go. And also, mm-hmm. I, I hope to what I what I do hope to do is maybe shadow more over the the next couple of years, mm-hmm. and hopefully that that might help me as well. Because you know, seeing it is different than just like you know hearing it. So you know, seeing it do, doing the job firsthand, you actually you might find out. Because it might sound cool, like you know, being an anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. And you just like putting people to sleep, and people think you just relax. But then when you think about oh, like God, no. when, when I actually shadowed one, he told me that the amount of lawsuits that he's like vulnerable to just because if the patient wakes up, which mm-hmm. sometimes happens, like you're in big oh, trouble. No, it, it's, I heard it's a lot of calculations, and like you, like multiple people need to do the calculations, and like yeah, I know you wouldn't. I mean, some yeah. people can learn it, but it's you know sometimes you'd like to see the job and yeah. you know be there, see what it's actually like. Fair. Some people think they want to be surgeons, and then they see blood, and they're done yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They switch majors right then and there. But, yeah, yeah um, no clear vision at the moment. It's all good. I guess that's what college is all about, is experimenting and finding, like, what fits best. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's funny. When you said that you didn't really like bio because it consisted of a lot of, a mer- of memorization, um, like, how come... Sorry if this is too personal. How come you're still kind of sticking with bio specifically like would you ever switch over is that something that's like that you're thinking about or not really oh yeah i'm sorry to i forgot to correct you before but i'm not actually a biology major not anymore <laughs> you're not i thought you were well, was never not nah, i'm oh, we're, oh bi- god bio- it's so embarrassing no, it's okay. i'm so no, no, sorry no, i just uh oh no you should have yeah, corrected me yeah sorry about that wow <laughs> i was gonna i mean so you, you just, said it, you said it twice you, so you're just <laughs> Oh, no, I, that's listen, so listen. I'll correct you. I mean, I didn't think wow. it was gonna be relevant, but now that you hit me with the question, it, of yeah, it now, was. now it's relevant. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> but also, it's about you. It Bi- should be right. bioinformatics. Okay. Ooh, oh, that's, that's a that's a cool one. Yeah, because uh, I went to one of my friends. His name's Matthew. He was on the show before. Matt Matthew Barron. Yes. Hi, yeah. Matt. What's up? So, what's up, Matt? <laughs> Love you. Aww. But uh, I went to his uh, computer science lecture, and I I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was planning on going today, but then I had this. But this, 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 wow. this, no, this is better. This is better. Oh, okay. It's it's cool. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I don't belong in that class. I'm just like, I'm just like there, just like sitting next to him because you're allowed to go into a lecture class. That's you know, cool. Just, no one really takes attendance. Yeah. But I, I do enjoy just like I don't. Know, it's it's similar to you know that math and you know chemistry application part mm-hmm. where you're actually doing things. You know, writing down. You know, trial and error. Yeah, it's not. I mean, there is some memorization. There's memorization everywhere, but it's just the uh, the way the classes run is differently. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like really cool, and uh, maybe I'll take a computer science class to see if I do like it. Maybe continue on with the bioinformatics major. For those of you that don't know, it's uh, it's basically the same class as the pre med track, except a couple of computer science classes. Okay, cool. Sprinkled within there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's cool. Okay. Now I'm glad we got that corrected. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yeah, so I guess another thing, did you want to say something, Eric? Because I, um, I, I didn't know if I cut you off or not. I just wanted to say, like, um, so in my opinion, biology, at least with my professor from last semester, it wasn't too much of just memorization. She did something like, the questions that were asked were something along the lines of, if this is what typically happens, and I do this, what would you expect to happen? And yes, in a sense, you would need to know what happens originally like let's say suddenly um now i'm putting myself on the spot about biology but let's say suddenly like part of the uh enzymes chain changed and then like you know it no longer like some part of the enzyme has changed right 
you should know that the enzyme originally was able to stick to the specific thing and then later because it changed most likely the affinity has now changed which means the process that originally occurred may no longer occur double oof <laughs> so you're gonna need to know that now what's cool about that for me at least is like i think of that as more of like applying knowledge because like you know what's gonna originally happen but then you have to go like okay we changed something for example like if we add a hydroxyl to it that means uh like pretty much like oh now it's going to be like more polar because hydroxide is more polar so if we add that to it it's gonna be like oh so like we probably have more of an affinity towards water now or something like that any polar molecule so it's just something like okay like apply some of your knowledge but it is still a lot of memorization especially yeah. in cycles like cellular respiration photosynthesis you're gonna the entire cycle like the Calvin cycle, the Krebs cycle, all of that is like you're going to need to know step one to two to three to four to five. It's like, what does it do? Acetyl-CoA, what is it? I'm just throwing words around now. Um, but it's like... <laughs> I would it, not have known otherwise. <laughs> I, I just love, I love saying acetyl-CoA. I love how you, like, I love how you high-key added yourself. Like, I'm sure no one would be like, that's wrong. It's this. Um, but like, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, I'm very bad at like... Pyruvate. Oh my god, pyruvate. Sounds like a nice word. Jesus Christ. Oh my god, yeah. But it's like, um, it's pretty much like, there is a lot of memorization, but there was this, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to specifically talk about questions because the bio department gets very upset about this. But there were these this like- This is a hypothetical situation. Okay, hypothetically, if you were asked- Okay. Um, if something changed to a cell's speed of growth- <laughs> what would you expect to happen? And I couldn't answer that question because I was in a moment where I was really confused and we we're time for this and you're given a two sentence maximum, which now has changed to like four word maximum. Oof. <laughs> uh, because now we're getting a separate test. It's all different. Bio department always changes things. Love them still, but whoa, guys, you really whipped me back and forth there. Um, but um, pretty much like people could answer by saying oh something fucks up because you're going to need to know an entire cycle and specifically talk about which cycles require more time or less time or whatever and if we speeded it up by accident and that requires so much time there's gonna be issues and there's gonna be cancers or like something doesn't happen properly and doesn't pass that checkpoint or whatever and hypothetical this question was very very difficult but it was so interesting because you need to know everything and then be like what if we freaking speed it up yeah like like i that would never occur to me that we can freaking speed it up and now when i look at like things that i'm reading instead of me being like oh yeah it does this 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 and this now i go it does this which causes this and then does that but if we change this it's so interesting but honestly this is a small confession of mine that i only recently understood all right i'm ready get ready i'm ready I <laughs> I kind of also enjoy humanities. Yeah! <laughs> plot twist. Plot twist. Like, Woo I don't know. This semester, it's complete STEM. I'm just saying, like, I didn't appreciate humanities courses until I don't have them anymore. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's a good balance to have more than just, you know, simple, like, math and chemistry all the time. It's more of, like what do we see the more like deeper meaning of these texts and everything that's somewhat why i still like my macaulay course because even though it's science oriented which i love science of course but like 
We also talk a lot. It's a yeah. really, it's a, it's a I seminar. Totally agree. It's, so you'd rather do it's like a little break. You'd rather do rather than talk about it. Like you'd rather do the thing rather than talk about the thing. No, no, no. The no re- he the, likes the balance of the. Yeah, two. the That's reason I, I like the Macaulay class is because it's so seminar based and it's so talking based. I, I see. Like, oh, you I like lo- it? Okay. I loved arts in New York. I loved that one because oh, it was also so about. Yeah, that is. I, one of my favorite loved, classes. People I loved of New York. it. People of New York was amazing. Yeah. I had Michael Benedictson. Professor Graf. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> Professor it, Graf, if you're listening, I love you so much. You're but... such a wholesome human. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of STEM majors don't understand until later, I think, that a balance is good. And like saying, like, why do I need to take this course? Like, what are these hunter core like requirements? Like, why do I need them? Yeah, I understand that like original like meaning, like original thought, like I'm here for biochem major. Why do I need all this? And then later you're like, I kind of enjoy this as well. I was thinking of some common misconceptions pertaining to like people in like that are pursuing STEM. And I just wanted you guys to kind of address it. Tell me your thoughts. So I noticed one common mis- uh, one common like stereotype is that people are merely doing pre-med because their parents want them to do pre-med. Like, what are your thoughts on that? You feel like that's a common occurrence. That is and a, that you're an exception to the rule in that regard? That is a common thing that occurs. And because, of course... But, like, I feel like that occurs in so many different, like... Yeah, it's not just like, my mom said I want to be a lawyer. My mom said... like my, Wait, that didn't come out wrong. But my mom said she wants me to be a lawyer. Or my mom said, like, you know, I should be a computer scientist. Or, like, my parents say, like, oh, they want me to be a doctor. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like... It happens with so many things. I mean, of course, I think maybe it happens a lot with like pre-med more frequently because everyone's like, oh my God, like, you know, pre-med. Well, look at that. Especially at Hunter, it's more pre-med based. But I mean, Hunter, it's more pre-med based per se, I think because Hunter specifically tries to cater towards more pre-med people, you know? You apply to Hunter because you know of Hunter's connections with like multiple different research institutions such as our Wild Cornell partnership of Bell for Research Building um, and like apparently we're partnered with like Sloan and Rockefeller and all like that you know opportunities based Mm -hmm. but I do think there are still issues with almost every single field in the sense of like my parents made me do it Um, and I feel like eventually either you fall in love with it yourself or you go I really don't want to do this like uh yeah it's like those things have happened to me in life i took i took computer science because my whole family codes and i wanted to try it out yeah i liked it but it's not my field and so they understood oh yeah that should be the way to go yeah it's not my field uh eventually if you're taking like medicine you're like i really really despise this like not if there's a difference between like for sometimes i literally go oh i'm not too interested in bio per se just bio but like the chem section of it i love it i love the bio chem area and i love chemistry itself so that i understood but like you find your own path no matter what everyone just wants to make money (laughs) (laughs) that was the next one i was gonna bring up yeah um so we can move on to that um even if it's slightly tangential can i say a small little thing outside sure what's up as this tea is cooling down it's getting better i'm gonna upgrade it to a three 
Oh yay! That's so amazing. Actually, you're being a four. You're being so generous. I just think I'm so proud of you. I think you're, maybe you're... I just like mint cooler. Like I like it when it's colder. So okay. Um, there we go. It's now a four. Enjoy what? that tea too. Okay. No, that's why I didn't give you tea because I'm like you rated it a freaking two. So why would I pour some in your cup to step it off to the top? It's like here. Enjoy more. What you hate? At least gave it a seven. <laughs> your teacup's been empty for the past thirty minutes. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, <laughs> when did it get cooler? Okay. I feel like you finished it too fast. The, <laughs> um, gotta say, for someone not liking it, you really gulped the whole thing up. <laughs> um, but about the stereotype, right? To reel it back in. Um, yeah, another stereotype I hear is that people just do it because they know they're gonna make a lot of money. Do you feel like that influenced that influenced you to choose the path? Be honest. Well, for me, that that was the one. That was the first thing that I searched up when I was in like uh, <laughs> seventh grade. <laughs> No, seriously. Because, I mean, I was in accelerated science course, and then someone's like, oh, you got to be a doctor, bro. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I searched up, uh, like, top 10 most paid. We all did it at some point. Literally, okay, Google. Every, every single person has done it. Okay, Siri. <laughs> hey, Siri, what's the most paying course? Like, most paying job. And then I saw neurologist is number one, like, with, oh, like, yeah. $510,000 salary per year. Wow. I think that was, like, the median. And it was just like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's 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 going to college. How many times? <laughs> yeah, it's it, a lot of times. Whoa. Well, for anyway, you like once, but <laughs> that's so true. Sponsor us, um, please. Not their med school though. Their med school's free now. Yes, <laughs> except me. <laughs> please. Except Assam Sherifald and Eric Dates, they are both wonderful people. I will write recommendation letters. It'd be if quite I need hilarious to. if we get in and they suddenly start playing this recording, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh, look at that!" <laughs> I make mean, yes, the money thing is important. It's because med school is like expensive, uh, except if you're doing like program specific scholarships or whatever. Uh, med- some med schools and MD PhDs obtain that for reduced price, but um, it's like. Also, like, yeah, you want to have a good living, and of course, like, these these are hard. These are, like, for example, like, MD-PhDs go back to school for, like, 10 years, and it's, like, never-ending. But I more or less, money really can't fuel it for too long. That's my opinion. Like, you would rather love to go to what, like, go to your job. Like, for example, when I was volunteering for some places, now I volunteered for many, so the places won't actually know what I'm talking about. Like, thank God. Um, <laughs> but, like, I would sometimes count down the minutes because i was like i one time my first day there i stared at the clock as the milliseconds were going down (laughs) and the entire day i was counting down and i was like if this is me like in the job this would be horrible even if i make like something like four hundred thousand dollars a year it'd be horrible because after one year i would want to like die after like a few days i would want to leave or like i'd be really bad at the job because like it would just be horrible for me to be there so i'd rather make half the amount but enjoy it like twice as much so true so right true. yeah right. so yeah, like sure. while of course like money is somewhat of a factor you would want to like factor that in it's not the driving force um for some it is yeah yeah for some it is but for some like some of them are lucky enough that they end up liking what they're gonna yeah. do and that's the driving force 
But for some, they eventually end up saying, oh, wait a second. I just like, wasted my entire yeah. life doing this. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't like this. I know some people that are just like, I'm just going to cash out eventually. And I just feel leave. like ha- half of Hunter is like <laughs> people that are like that. Because you see like the old, like 34-year-olds back in school. Like, yeah, it, they came back for like a different major. I mean, this is not the case happened. for all of them. Yeah, but it, it happens. Some people have bad situations or some people are just like, do it. For example, I know a lot of people that went into accounting because it's like incredibly like paying like finance and all like that and then they did and they're like i really dislike this yeah so they went back and like they're getting other degrees which is good for them but like understand like money should not be a complete driving force it should be a factor you get, you get sometimes you're gonna be waking up at 6 a.m yeah yeah if you're not enjoying uncal- what you're doing uncal- you're gonna hate yeah. your life yeah for like for example like doing research you might be there until two in the morning and sometimes you leave and you forget to shut off a machine and you're already at home and you're like fuck and you have to go back and shut it off or something because it'll ruin your entire experiment get ready to do that if you really like it though you will go back and turn off the machine if you don't like it you will stay home and then your pi will scream uh, at you i hate this job anyways yeah like, <laughs> and like it's also like you'll never really get a raise per se because you're never putting in like 110 percent, which is like you know like you'll you'll you're never like really passionate about it and you really won't push anything forward if you're not passionate about it, yeah, you don't um, want to be counting down the days to vacation. Yeah. You wanna, yeah. I mean, you know, it's always good to have a break, but mm-hmm. you want to miss your job somewhat. Yeah, when you're on vacation. Yeah. yeah, it's like imagine after three days and you're like, I shouldn't check the emails. I shouldn't check the emails. But <laughs> lows the emails and you go, Jesus well, Christ, <laughs> <laughs> one wouldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Another. I guess this is starting to shift, but. I don't know if Macaulay and Hunter, in terms of the pre-med population, is like an outlier or not, or pre-health, I should say. But I know for the longest time, the STEM field was pretty much a, um, a boys' club. Do you feel like that still rings true, or not nearly as much anymore? Absolutely not. Exactly. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Literally, all of my AP classes in high school, like... We're female, all, right? We're, we're like, at least 85% female. Yeah. I and agree with that too. Like in my in my AP calculus class, I remember I was one of five boys in a thirty-four student class. Whoa! Wow. Okay. So this was very interesting to me because for calculus we accepted like almost everyone, so like that doesn't count for us. We literally had like what was it like six or seven sections of it. We yeah. had two professors, teachers. Mm-hmm. They should be professors. Moving on. <laughs> but for my physics, it was very interesting because half or maybe more like two thirds were men and one third were female. Funny enough, usually the females did better on the tests. It would typically, like, like it would happen, like, for example, we had these few people, and it would be like, I'm just going to call them A, B, and C. It would, be, it would go A, B, C, everyone else. One time, one time, literally, it took me all of my effort, tears, guts, sweat, everything. And I got second place. And, like, this amazingly smart girl beat me. Also, one one more other time, I got the top score of the entire class. She tied you? And I was like, the only reason she didn't get the top score is because she read the wrong question and answered it in the wrong section. So she read question three and answered it in in section four. So it was marked for section four. So she probably would have beat me. However, like, for example, for AP Chemistry, there were three boys in my class. (laughs) <laughs> of a 33 people 33 person class there were three possibly four if i'm missing four it was four 
But that was insane to me because everyone was female, and I was like, wow. That was my AP bio class. Three mm. boys. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was like, this okay, is very cool. interesting. And, for example, also in, like, I don't know, right now in college, it's, it's like a really good mixture. Like, yes, there are, there, I don't know, like, when I look around, for example, Orgo, I see everyone. I, on, I honestly see every single race, gender, height, in every single STEM class, which was very interesting to me because, like, in high school, it was very split. Like, physics was seen more as, like, the boyish kind of, like, you know, class because it deals with a lot of, like, like hard math is what they considered it as. Chemistry and biology was considered less of a boyish class because it seemed like a lot of interpretation and a lot of understanding, even though ca- in, even though physics, honestly, you need a lot of understanding for it. Cause oh, it's absolutely. Very difficult. But those Especially were like, in quantum those physics. were like, yes, yes. but those were the, con- like, I guess, preconceptions of it, which caused like the split in the classes, of course. Yeah, but it's such a huge split. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah. Boys just like, yeah. I have no, I just decided that <laughs> I don't want this anymore. <laughs> I have no clue what happened, but um in in college though to like summarize it yeah i i don't know personally i feel like i've seen usually like 50 50 like it's it's a pretty good mix like i don't know yeah in college it's a little different i don't know because i I don't know i don't know if this is just because where we were located you know nyc Mm Because there's oh, a huge true. Pro- yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in college, it's, you find people from all over the place, from mm-hmm. upstate, from different states, yeah. mm-hmm. international students. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, also, we consider, like, the weed-out courses as well. So I guess that variable also might factor into. But also, I'd like to know the numbers, how many female yeah. and male are in our lectures. We're not. I don't think we're giving that information. I think on. I don't think it would be interesting to know. I don't think we're given said information as well as six hundred clickers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have a number. Um, but I think, I think we're given. There's probably some information that's available. Like the best I can say, we can get. Excuse me, is by contacting a club, like the pre health program or something like that 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 could apparently tell us like the distribution, but. Then again, that's like that depends if you participate in the club. Uh, there might be like another gender bias towards that, where like some like genders enjoy to like interact more with clubs, while others are more like set alone and like leave or different people. It all depends. Like there might be so many different like biases that we don't actually know. Like the best that we can do is actually ask CUNY for a breakdown of this, which will never happen. Yeah. Um, Hannah. Yeah. I wonder, was it the same in your high school? I know you went to LaGuardia, so. Oh, not, oh, oh, whoa, that was so loud. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, no, not at all. I mean, because everyone was primarily into the arts, but I didn't really know. That's why it's so weird to me that so many people are into STEM. I had no idea this many people were into STEM. I thought no one liked science or math. Like, all my friends complained about it. No one enjoyed it. Well, so, yeah, in an art-focused school. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I was a little bit sheltered in the sense. So when I first, I'm going to turn this way down. There we go. Um, so when I first, like, you know, started taking classes at Macaulay at Hunter, meeting new people and realized that 90% of, you know, the freshman population, or at least in our year now, um, is either in comp sci or on the pre-health track. That yeah. was shocking to me. I did not realize that many people were in the STEM, which is why I was so intrigued by why people would pursue it. Because <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah, I really didn't know. But I guess... 
A question that I have for you guys, because I notice I can feel it. I can feel the vibes when there's a huge exam coming up. I, f I feel the secondhand stress from all of you. Is it so why? What made you decide that this passion of yours was worth the stress? Like what specifically about the subject? If, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, yeah. I'll start really mm -hmm. quick. All right. I feel like my answer is like sh short and straightforward. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, for me, I just know that no matter what path I take, regardless whether it's computer science mm -hmm. or biology or uh, pre-med, anything, you know, you're definitely going to have stress. Mm -hmm. now, nothing's, nothing's easy unless you're like born gifted or something. You're like one Fair. million. Yeah. But there's going to be stress regardless. Okay. I guess like the specific kind of stress I'm just taking. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of forced. It's part of the premium yeah. I would leave if I could. If it's something that's not necessary, I yeah. would leave. But you're kind of forced into it, so fair. That's that's where I'm. I feel like I'm just like tied. <laughs> oh, is it bad that I kind of sometimes enjoy the stress of it? No, it's like. No. I feel it's, it's it, yeah it's, afterwards <laughs> after you're done with it you're like ah that's all. yeah it's like <laughs> all my hard work it's like I enjoy the fact that like uh, I mean like I don't know we we need to learn so much and I enjoy learning but it's also like yes it is somewhat too stressed in my opinion like they really put it on us like for example like I don't know last semester we were quizzed every single time before bio bio lab and I don't know. I'm just so used to it. Like, oh my God, we're probably going to get quizzed again, like tomorrow. Granted, like, I'm not worrying too much because I've learned how the quizzes are developed. And they used to be like, we had no clue, so we memorized everything. And then we just realized they, they don't ask you, like, what is the formula for this? They don't care. They, I, they literally ask you, like, if I do this to this, and like, what are we going to expect to happen in this lab? Like, just making sure you read it. Um, but I kind of enjoy the fact that we're kind of like expected to do well and they kind of believe in us and that's kind of like that's they're pushing good. us forward by giving us so much stress and they're like you can do this we're gonna make this harder but like listen this is what pre-med is and pre-health and so i don't know kind of the stress also makes me feel i don't know if this is a bad thing to say but makes me feel worthy or makes me feel like useful like, I feel busy, and I kind of like feeling busy. Eventually, it gets really overwhelming, and I just start going like, okay, I'm going for a run because I can't take this. That I is like, so me. I, li <laughs> I, I literally, eventually, when I get super stressed, I go for runs because I love it. So uh, during it, finals, it's just full on forest. One gum. time, I literally went out for a run at like 4 a.m. because I'm just like up studying oh, no. for so long, and I'm like, bro, this is not, <laughs> not going to help me. I'm, I have to like sweat this out really quick. And I was going, I remember going down the elevator and someone was like, why are, you, why are you dressed with like shorts right now? I'm like, I'm going to go off for a run. It's like, it's 4 a.m., please. <laughs> just, just stay for me. And she, I didn't even know who the girl was. She, was just, she just saw me stressed out. I was like, oh. Mm. And then I came back feeling a little better. That's yeah. good. Instead of studying, I just knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand the appeal of like eating, I mean, like eating sugary foods and like that during stressful times. Uh, I've done it and like that, but I feel Meets better when i like run or do yeah. something like that, that exhausts me to the point where i cannot stress. even yeah you literally have no energy that left is, to stress yes which, exactly you just become numb and it's such a good feeling and there's two different types of numb there's a the numb of like 
I am so bombarded with so much information. I feel nothing anymore. <laughs> yes. And the, which is you not. You can't retain any more. It's of not it. the good numb. It's the numb where you like your brain is like. Um, <laughs> but that's the, a perfect and, personification. And there's the. Other, <laughs> I just feel like the SpongeBob character. Remember, like that. Welcome to the. <laughs> when he was trapped in the, on, the, the underground world. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, pretty much there's a, the other type of numb where you're like, you've spent all of your energy on running, so you have nothing to spend exactly. on stressing. So now you're just going to do your you, work. You're literally in your own world. And yeah. So that natural dopamine kicks in, and you're just feeling great. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is this? Uh, it's, um, it's my, it's the girl across the hall, Rochelle. She's really nice. <laughs> I don't know where it was coming from. That's <laughs> no, no, it's coming from there. The mic is really there. I think we're good. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, it's like yeah, you're basically in your own world. Like that, no, once that natural dopamine kicks in, you're just yeah. feeling like that after effect, and just feels so good. Yeah. I've never reached that point. I just reached the point of where lactic acid fermentation <laughs> starts to <laughs> take place, and then I just feel really, really Bio sore. And then, <laughs> yes, I got some cred. Well, um, have you? Have you? ever felt good after an exercise just like relaxed then that's that's the um, main felt that's... good in the sense that i accomplished something like it's well, like i did the time i ran for the amount of time that i initially was going to run for and i feel good because i accomplished that but not okay. like relaxed not even the slightest where just like you know sweating and then like you know feeling a little tired and then just like regenerate it's more just relief that it's over like huh <laughs> like that yeah i think that's that's that's, that's the like, dopamine kicking in yeah, oh, okay somewhat. i think so I you think... feel good there yeah. I mean, that's good. So where do you, what are you most excited about in your future in terms of going down a STEM health-related path? What are you most excited to do? I think I'm just too stressed from bio. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't have time. <laughs> okay. I think of, well, I mean, do you have any, you want to start it off? Maybe help I, me answer my question. Sure. I, I, I kind of want to have that moment where you're like, holy shit this works i can't wait to like give this to the fda and like tell the fda like holy shit this actually works we need to do a clinical trial we, we need to like people like need to benefit from this like holy shit this can save lives like that it's not that i know a lot of people are like oh i want to save lives and yeah um I, that's a basic thing to say i kind of i know I don't no it's not i mean it's important no i mean I'm don't not... at me for not caring about like having the moment of like yes i want to save lives i mean Yes, everyone wants to, but like my kind of thing is more like I want to have that when you're stuck for like two years on a project, like the Eureka like, moment. Where yeah, you're everything like, clicks. holy shit, it works! <laughs> oh my god! And like I know many different fields have that. Like uh, there's uh, computer science. Like when you are literally stuck on why a single line of code keeps saying error. And, like, the error might be, like, the stupidest error goes, integer error. And you're like, what fucking integer error? There's no integer going into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I don't know. Those Eureka moments are my favorite, and those are amazing. That's kind of, like, why I like drug discovery more than other kind of sections of med. Mm. Um, for me, I think it's along the lines of your answer where, I mean, I, I think I'll be really happy just seeing like customers satisfied with their experience. Just like whatever I'm doing, I just mm-hmm. like I would like to see a happy face. Oh, them, that's them, cool. Them going back like this is a really good doctor. It's mm-hmm. not like the others where they just try to like take your money, you know? Yeah. Because I know yeah. some doctors they would just 
you know, diagnose you and still charge your insurance, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, the, the, it's as if, you know, you were there for, like, a procedure or something. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, like, ruins the perception of some doctors. Because I know, I know some families where they genuinely believe that doctors just try to take all your money, you know? There's a, yeah, there's even entire movements. I'm not going to name movements, but there are movements that are, like, because of the distrust in doctors. And yeah, and also like you know, also the conversation of healthcare. You know, some people can't afford it, but yeah, so that's just a big seeing issue. it, seeing yeah, the family, just topic. like yeah. I mean, we wouldn't be in control of that. You know, being doctors, we we're just there to take the healthcare. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, just I guess seeing the customer, you know, sat well the patient the customer. Yeah, <laughs> well, seeing the patient satisfied, you know, after a, a medical procedure or something with a family member or something, it's just like it'll be heartwarming, I guess. Gives you an incentive to mm-hmm. work harder, love your job more. Yeah. Mm. One question I sometimes get mm-hmm. is public or private for medicine? And a lot of people have a lot of issues with the kind of answers that come out of that. For example, like a good public thing would be like you work for like New York City Hospitals Plus. I think that's what it's called. And you work for like a local branch or something like that or like clinics or whatever. That's good. Or you work, for example, academia, like Hunter Research, Cornell Research. Because Cornell Research, while it is a private institution that does it, it is not a corporation that is trying to do anything. It is pretty much like research-based. It's academia. Mm-hmm. However, um, there are, like, I don't know, I for some reason get a lot of shit for saying I kind of want to work at a company like Pfizer or like Merck. Oh, yeah. Like I get a lot of shit for that because I yeah. like I know Pfizer. I mean, I don't know exactly if these corporations do this stuff. Like I just know of corporations that have been very greedy in the past and have sold many like many different medications for way too expensive. However, my issue is when you're doing academia, it's always an issue of like funding. And whenever you're doing private, it's more of like the private corporations don't per se pressure you insanely amount and getting everything right because they know a lot of their experiments will fail. They just really want you to do your research, like do your research. Tell us what's happening. You want to change research? You want to do something different? Sure. Here's money. Give us a drug. Mm -hmm. Like something like that. Something cool. Like the the thing about private is like it allows for... um, more exploration and more creativity and more innovation without having the restrictions of time. Well, they have some with yeah. times restrictions, but restrictions of money per se. That's interesting because I never looked at it from that perspective. I was always just told, oh, yeah, you know, private, bad, right off the gate. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like private because, like, apparently you get high salaries for that, but it's not. Yeah. But you can get, <laughs> high, but you can get high salaries from public as long as you're doing very, very good and from like good and good like medicine right like i know many many pis that have a very very good salary because of how successful they are mm-hmm. and they're public however um i mean like i just think that i mean if you are successful and you do very very well um you would get funding no matter what like that's good and open your own lab however yeah. there's this issue of like most people do not become the biggest or something like name brand and so it's like you kind of need the help of these companies that have a lot of money to keep pushing medicine forward because they see profit, but their workers see, like, interesting stuff. Like, a good example would be 
Juul was created by a scientist that wanted to create nicotine salts to help people get off of cigarettes. She literally <clears throat> invented nicotine salts, which were not invented yet, to help people. The company, on the other hand, saw a profit. They started selling this to everyone, which eventually she left the company. Hmm. And when the company started asking her to make uh, THC salts and other, like CBD salts and everything like that, so she was like, uh-oh, I see what you're doing here. I'm leaving. Now she has her own company, apparently, um, where she's trying to actually like, get people off of like nicotine. And she made her own thing. So, for example, she was with a big company. She needed that startup. Now she's like big enough. She started her own. And now she's like, Good for her. fuck you, <laughs> per se. <laughs> but like, yeah. like, you know, like that's typically the trend that I think is happening. Hmm. Yeah. Let's say we're all at, we're all talking to the freshmen, right? Yes. Um, whoever's pursuing pre med, whatever. What's the one piece of advice that you feel like they have to know? What would you tell them? Well, for me, I tell anyone anything. Not just pre med. Just enjoy what. Just make sure you enjoy what you do. It's gonna be okay. a long road ahead, um, unless you're willing to waste your time and then find out after <laughs> make, after making the mistake. You know. Yeah. Just enjoy. It. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's gonna be easy, but just find some enjoyment you know see the courses that you're gonna have to end up taking mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know learn ahead of time and try to find some fun in the process make friends yeah you know definitely it's everything's always easier with groups yeah you know sitting with the same people with the same goals as you you're gonna learn a lot about a lot of other people so yeah find ways to enjoy the process or else the process is gonna be hell oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you might miss a lecture and if there's no one there to help, you know, yeah. help you, like, bounce back, you're going to be struggling. Like, I know people that just, like, missed, like, one week of Orgo just because of a uh, vacation they had with their family. And they don't really know anyone to, like, you know, help them with, like, notes, help them bounce back. Oh, and they no. were, like, done for, like, the rest of the semester. It was just hard for them to, like, come back. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say something, like don't stress out too much because I've been telling these to my mentees and I know everyone says that and like it's kind of it's very true like don't stress out too much you you you're thrown a lot in these programs you're told like you need to do a lot but honestly you have a lot of time however I know that usually doesn't help too much mm -hmm. um, I honestly feel like the most important advice I could give is like you have to per se create a network of friends that you study very well with and like like so the way good. i do it is we study by ourselves then we come together we ask each other questions and we like try to find practice questions like by the camel textbook um or other like sources of information like quizlet etc um and so we like bounce off each other and like we really help each other and i think that's the number one important thing like besides of course taking valid notes and value valuable notes and doing your homework and all like that you need to have support you need to have a support network because if you don't have that you will most likely fall and crumble it is incredibly hard to keep yourself up by yourself mm -hmm. like okay, that was kind of redundant but it was very no <laughs> i know you man yeah it was like it was Valid. Kinda, it's it's very like hard to keep yourself up um you need help and trust me like it's always nice when some people like always per se come together and they have to be serious they come together and they go we have two hours to actually 
do this. And then after that, they have some chill time, they relax and like that. You need that kind of relaxing support, support system. system as well as like educational support system. That's the best thing I can say. Like establish those. Yes. And on that note, um, Assam, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. This was this was awesome. Thanks Our for coming pleasure. back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So this is Tea for Three, where we sip the tea and spill the deets. Thanks for listening. Yes. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.